Welcome in to a special interview from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance. My name is Ben Dubose and I'm a staff writer with the AMP Publications team. Today I'm joined by Mandy May, Director of Content Management at AMP, and Bob Chalker, CEO of AMP. Before we get into today's podcast, which is going to be about the subject of content management, I want to give each uh, of you two a chance to introduce yourselves. So Mandy, we'll start with you. For anyone not familiar with you, give us your uh, bio in this industry and what people should know about you. Well, thank you, Ben. Thank you so much for having me today. Um, I have worked for um, several years, really decades in the association world. I've had the opportunity to gain some experience in uh, association content. I've worked with standards committees, so to give myself some familiarity with standards. I've worked on conference papers, um, their uh, peer review application, uh, content sales. So I know about the importance of the voice of the customer when it comes to content. I've had a chance to work in IT as a business analyst, um, and I've had a chance to work in publications. So I've had some experience with association publishing policies. Um, I did have the privilege to work from 2010 to 2017 on a content management startup, and it was for a large association. Um, they had uh, more than 100,000 technical papers, 17,000 standards, over 250 ebooks, uh, and multiple other content types. Um, I've always had a deep appreciation that mission is a part of association work. Um, and of all those experiences that I uh, described to you, content management was my absolute favorite. I really consider it a privilege to work in this area, um, not just because I really enjoy the work, but I enjoy watching the rewards that it brings an organization like AMP. And Bob, I think most of our listeners are fairly familiar with you. For anyone who's not, this is Bob Chalker, CEO of our organization. So Bob, if you could, beyond just a quick biography for anyone, I suppose, in the industry that might not know you by name, also if you could go into what uh, makes Mandy's role unique at AMP and what it is that she's trying to do with content management. Thanks, Ben. I'll do that. And yes, I, I think I am known. I, I think the one piece some people may not know is, um, of course, I've been with what was with NACE and now AMP going on 11 years, but I spent another uh, six or seven years um, working for other associations. And so um, I really have a deep understanding of the purpose of the association and our mission. And a big part of that mission is to, um, ex to be the uh, place where people come to gain knowledge and expertise and to be the facilitator of exchanging that knowledge and expertise and and so associations like ours end up gathering a tremendous amount of content um, mm -hmm. knowledge in the forms of papers and uh, conference presentations and standards and education all these different ways but what we're not historically very good at is making it easily and readily readily available to our members. And that's why this is so important because this initiative is all about making it easier for our members to find what it is they're looking for when they come to AMP. They can find that conference paper. They can find that uh, uh, standard. They can, they can get into the uh, bowels of our organization and find the knowledge and the expertise that they need. Um, and you know, technology has been evolving. And in some ways that's been the problem is the technology has changed uh, you know, 
year year over year, decade over decade, and so you have content in all different kinds of um, formats. But but the other problem is just how do you organize it? And so the expertise that Mandy's bringing to us is that ability to put a process and a system and and uh, rules in place that will allow us to make our content available almost instantaneously or with a whole lot less effort um, than we're doing today. So that it's to me, it is right in line with the mission and exactly what we should be doing as an organization. And Mandy, I'll let you take it from there. I think Bob did a good job of explaining how you fit in as far as members, people listening to this podcast in the industry. Why does content management matter to them? Just give a sort of a holistic overview, if you could, of content management at AMP and what it is that you're trying to implement. I would be glad to, Ben. And I tried to create a summary statement of what content management will mean to AMP. And recently I attended a webinar where um, I heard the phrase turning search into found. And that's what this effort is all, all about. It's about collecting all of our content together. We have so much rich, valuable content that might be just in somebody's file drawer on a share drive. So it's collecting the content. It's providing the ability, just as Bob said, for our users, and we're talking about those that are listening to this podcast, to find that content through search and through categorization, and then delivering it in the best way to meet the user's needs. <clears throat> so it's all three of those things, collecting, providing the ability to find, and then delivering it. So what is content management and what is it not? Just explain because there can sometimes be a misunderstanding i think at a very high level of what this is that's what do you tell good, someone when they're curious about it that's a very good question ben and i always like to uh, differentiate the the differences between content management and knowledge management because many times those terms are used interchangeably for AMP's content management uh, initiative, our focus is going to be on our intellectual property content, our conference papers, our books, our standards, our magazine articles, the journal articles in phase one, and then moving on to education content in some subsequent phases. Um, what it's not is it's not knowledge management. Um, it's not the documentation that's most typically aligned with knowledge management. And those are things like uh, meeting minutes, meeting agendas, committee correspondence. That's not part of this effort. We're concentrating on our intellectual property content. Um, and I was thinking it's important to, to um, identify uh, what we're talking about specifically, essentially providing the definition of content in this context. So what are the ways that your content management initiative is in alignment with the feedback you've gotten from AMP? I believe Bob mentioned the strategic plan. I'm sure you have all sorts of feedback sources. How is your initiative with content management aligned with the input and the feedback that you've gotten from our members and people throughout AMP? That's a great question, Ben. And our content management initiative really directly addresses the needs that we've heard identified during the strategic planning exercises, some of the survey results. I've noted a few of them, if you, if you don't mind if I list them for you. Absolutely. 
Um, the first is the availability and the accessibility of our knowledge, our content base. This is truly the number one reason why content management exists. Um, some of the others are keeping up with new content, uh, turnaround time, having a really quicker time to market, um, having a wealth of technical resources, um, asset owners needing to know for sure that they are using the most current version of a standard, because in many cases, they're not able to find the most current version. Um, the need to engage younger members in a fashion that appeals to them. Um, this includes that providing content in a way that um, is attractive to the user. Um, the need for industry partnerships, and sometimes that means uh, licensing and providing their content to our audience. And of course, there's that overall move to digital, having our content in a digital system that has integrity, that's consistent, that's user friendly, and it's connected. Um, for all of those things that I've listed, Ben, content management really is a mechanism by which that we can get there. And I, when I say discipline, it truly is a discipline. It's a well-engineered, uh, deliberate, uh, methodical approach that has industry best practices already attached to it that I believe are going to get us to these these end, end needs or these end goals. And Bob, I'll let you jump in here as well if you want, because when we're talking about alignment to the strategic plan and feedback and the surveys that you've sent out, I know that's at the highest levels of AMP, so I want to give you an opportunity to sort of weigh in on this topic as well. Why is content management the, the right mechanism for this? Well, as um, you know, as we said earlier, we, we our purpose, the reason we exist is to really it's twofold. One is to be the uh, place where knowledge is ex is exchanged, uh, sort of a neutral forum where people can come together and discuss ideas and debate ideas. Uh, people can come who are new to our industry or our field and become educated and and those who have a lot of knowledge and expertise can share that expertise. Um, I, you know, uh, conversation, I heard someone liken it to the Library of Alexandria, which was obviously a, a library in ancient times where people would travel long distances to access the library's uh, content, the, the information that was stored there. And then while they were there, they would debate these ideas and have discussions and they would teach young people and new people coming in. Well, that's what we do. That That is what the purpose of AMP or really any professional association is. And so you got to have a tool for doing it. And the content management systems we're talking about are now going to give us the tools to be able to do this and to do this well. And, and also for people, you know, the Library of Alexandria, people had to travel long distances because it was on paper and it was sitting on shelves in libraries. So we're in a digital age today. And the, and the beauty of that is anybody can ask access it from anywhere in the world wherever they are sitting at their desk um, no matter where that desk would be located or out in the field if you're out walking a, a pipeline or a bridge um, if you're you know no matter where you're at if you're at a university um, or you're a young person you know at the high school level or younger who's just doing research that knowledge can be made available digitally if we have the right tools to do it and this content management system gives us that right tools to do it. Uh, I don't want to downplay. It's not just about the technology. It's also right. having a really organized um, approach 
to how we store and retrieve this information. How can we find it again once it comes into our hands and make it easy for others to find? So, so the technology is part of it, but so is having policies and procedures and, and rules of engagement with how we're going to handle this information and make it available. So I hope that someday we really are the library of Alexandria for the uh, <laughs> materials world. So Mandy, let's start with sort of the beginnings of this, taking inventory and preparing this content for the long term. Where do you start with this process? With exactly that, Ben, an inventory. I know that uh, uh, when I mentioned creating a list of all of our content units, that sounds like a very easy exercise. But I've used this phrase quite a number of times that when you have decades of content, you also have decades of ways that the content has been stored, that the information about the content has been collected, uh, multiple ways that even files have been created. So when you're um, trying to aggregate all of that content into one area and create one list for one organization, it's really quite an effort. But when you talk about merging two organizations and doing this holistically across all of the content, it really becomes quite a, a Herculean effort. But this takes time. We want this is what uh, the content management repository will be built upon, making sure that we have all of the content and then also making sure that all of the information about the content is accurate. So that is the inventory um, effort that you are speaking of. So let's jump into both the requirements and the benefits. At a high level, what is the process? What do people need to know? Well, thanks for asking that, Ben. And when I came to AMP, and it's been a, um, a little over a year, I did create a vision of what I and what I I had as my vision for this initiative uh, to help me continually focus on what it was we were trying to do. But more importantly, who we were doing it for and how they would benefit from from the effort. And that is the audience that's listening today. I kept that vision as a digital post-it note on my desktop for the longest time, but I can recite to you what those uh, requirements are um, to you now. Uh, the first is that one repository, creating that one repository for all of our content that we have all of the metadata standardized. And um, by metadata, I mean things like publication date, the author information is correct, the title is correct, we know what is active versus historical. Um, all of that accurate um, data about content also includes taxonomy terms. Um, and when I mention taxonomy, I mean those subject terms that we apply to content so that users can um, select terms and be able to find the content that they need based on a topic. Um, those terms are all going to be assigned programmatically. So um, if a term is assigned to a standard, that term is going to have the same definition or the same scope if it's applied to a, a book or a journal article. Um, the second requirement is metadata and full text search across product. Um, we're going to be able to provide the ability to search, 
to use filters, to drill down into the content, um, being able to apply those filters that is going to allow uh, the audience to be able to sift content by subject, by author, uh, by content type, by time period, really making it so much easier for the users to discover the content that they need. Um, the third requirement is having that ability to extract and combine and repackage content. Because we're going to have everything in one repository, that's going to allow us to be able to create um, custom uh, collections, subscriptions, uh, packages of content that will really um, serve the members' needs uh, specifically. Uh, the next requirement is features and functionality, and this will be more downstream. Um, we're going to build that foundation. We're also going to be able to have the ability to add um, different features and functionality within our content that are uh, that will make the content more usable um, and more valuable um, in that respect. Um, some of the examples of that functionality includes things like um, redlining for standards, being able to compare one version of a standard to another version of that same standard. Um, data sets, we've all encountered uh, tabular information within a PDF that's just static. Um, uh, uh, going through this effort will allow us to be able to uh, download that ta tabular data um, into an Excel spreadsheet to, again, provide more usability, more value. Um, and then annotating, having a user have the capacity to be able to open up a piece of content, add their own personal specific notes into that piece of content, and then being able to save that content to their own dashboard. Um, and speaking of uh, dashboards, dashboard visibility into our content. Um, having everything um, in that one place um, allows us to look at the content across the whole corpus of content. And it, it will be it will um, allow us to identify our gaps. What are those content topics that we should be addressing, but we're not? Um, that will be able to provide us uh, the topics that we need to uh, publish new content in, but having a functional um, content management system will also allow us to partner with another publisher and perhaps license their content. We would be able to process it through our content management system and then make it available to our audience and working towards that, what Bob mentioned, being that that uh, that library, that mm -hmm. one stop shop for all uh, corrosion coatings and materials content. Um, and thus publishing practices. Uh, we'll have a production platform for all of our content, um, and it will allow content to um, flow through production in a, in a predetermined workflow, um, providing functionality like um, sending notifications to the next person that's in that workflow uh, line, uh, notifying them that they're, uh, they're able to start their work and then providing the piece of content to them so that they can work on it and then send it along its way. Um, this will be replacing that uh, current system that we have by progressing content through Dropbox or uh, uh, email attachments. Um, this will definitely um, help us in that quicker time to market strategic goal that we've talked about. 
And then lastly, um, the export of multiple file types. We've all experienced, you know, you're, you're on a mobile device, a phone or an iPad, and you're trying to look at a PDF and you can't do that very well. Um, having a content management operation <clears throat> is going to allow us to publish content in multiple file uh, types, including those file types that will offer reflowable text depending on uh, what, what mobile device the, the user is looking at the content on. So that's a look at the general requirements. What are the components that go into this? There are five components, Ben, and the first two are actually technology applications that are built specifically for this purpose, storing intellectual property and information about intellectual property, as well as allowing us to um, extract it and reuse it. And that's the repository and the publishing platform. Again, both technology applications. Um, the next component is XML conversion. Um, we're going to be converting our content to data, and that involves uh, creating a new file type of all of our content. You have a Word file, you have an InDesign file, you have a PDF file. This will be a new file type. It will be um, an extensible markup language file. And what it does is it allows us to really break down the content into the really fine elements that you know, we're able to identify the title, uh, the figures, the images, the figure captions, the table titles of that piece of content, um, that book or that standard or that magazine article. <clears throat> the next component is taxonomy. Um, we will be engaging with a taxonomy service provider and they are going to look at our entire library or our entire corpus of content. Um, they're going to help us um, identify our list of taxonomy terms that we should be using, and then they're going to perform a programmatic assignment of those subject terms to each piece of content. So each piece of content can be found through the identification of, say, a range of three to five uh, topic terms. And then downstream, a content delivery platform. Um, this won't be an initial component. It will be one that we will be working towards that will help us deliver content with those added features and functionality I mentioned a few minutes ago. I'm sure one of the challenges in regards to relating this to the audience, there are these existing systems in place like Paper Trail, like Committee Workspace that members or anyone listening for that matter may be more familiar with than the new things that you're proposing. What are the ways that what you're implementing can integrate with those existing systems that members are familiar with? And you said the key word there, Ben, and that's integration. Um, the current systems that are used for uh, peer review or committee consensus, like Paper Trail or Committee Workspace, will still be used, but at the point that they're ready to go to production, they will integrate with our content management system and then uh, go through their production process. Once they're finished, um, they will be stored in that repository for later reuse and delivery to the to the customer. So as we close out, I just want to give each of you a chance to reiterate where this fits in in regards to the strategic plan, because I think 
you know, we can walk through the specific procedures all day. But the bigger question that I think um, a lot of people that aren't familiar with the nitty gritty that are listening to this may have is why should I care? Why does this matter to me? Why does this fit with the organization's vision? And as we wrap up the podcast, I'll let both of you touch on that. Mandy, we can start with you. And then, Bob, I'll let you sort of offer your closing thoughts. Just a, a final overview as far as why this matters to people listening and how this is in alignment with the overall strategic plan and vision of the organization. This is my favorite part, Ben, and, and the first reason I believe is stewardship, or I know it is stewardship. You know, we have authors, we have committees that have chosen AMP to uh, publish with. They publish their ideas and their insight. It is truly our responsibility to steward that content in a way that preserves and protects it for the long term, but also allows it to be discovered so that others can can benefit by what these committees and these authors that the efforts that they have gone through um, and i believe it's also our responsibility to steward our the the audience's time when they are looking for a piece of content we need to make that process as easy and smooth as possible um, you know stewarding their time um, level setting um, other organizations have uh, gone through this effort. Some have gone through it um, and have had it operational for several years. Uh, we need to, to go through this initiative to level set um, with other associations. Um, we've also heard um, that um, users are interested in having um, databases, uh, tools, or um, uh, solutions that are built uh, using our content. We first have to create that repository of content so that downstream we are able to provide those next level solutions. And the la last reason is really mission. Um, I know that AMP's uh, mission is still being finalized, but I know that content is really how that mission is reflected and content management is the way to steward and um, prepare that content for success short term and long term. Bob, I'll let you jump in on that point as well. Yeah, thanks, Ben. Um, as we listen to Mandy talk, we've come a long way from the uh, library of our youth and the Dewey Decimal System and going to the card catalog to, to find the content that you're looking for, right? And, and in some ways, we have come a long way from that. In other ways, it's exactly the same, right? It's making it easy to find. The difference is our world today has changed dramatically as, as far as people's expectations. Um, we expect to get results in, uh, instantaneously, and we expect to be able to get them sitting on our computer or on our phone or iPad and have it pop up, um, not drive down to the library and, and dig it out or not, um, you know, even for that matter, go to a bookshelf or, or, or dig around on a website, uh, but we expect it to be available quickly. And that's what we're really talking about here. So, so the way this fits into our strategic plan and what I would argue why it's important to those who are listening is the better we are at getting that content to our members, to those who want to read it, to those who want to study it, um, the 
better engaged our organization will be, and therefore it becomes a self-fulfilling activity. People will want to contribute more content because they know their content's going to get read, it's gonna get found and it's gonna get read. And people will come back to us because we've made it easy for them to get that information. So you've got, you, you really create a magnet that brings people together um, to, to address material performance um, and uh, issues, right? So for me, I look at it, you know, when you say, how does it fit in the strategic plan? First of all, it is in the strategic plan. It will be mentioned in the plan specifically about leveraging content management or using our content um, and getting it out to people. But it really becomes the fundamental underpinning of everything we do as an organization. Um, for us, we are a purveyor of knowledge and we need to have the best tools available for us to do it. And if we don't, somebody else will. I mean, that, that's been proven time and time again. If we don't make this investment, if we don't become that place where you can get the right information very quickly uh, at the right time, uh, then somebody else will fill that gap. Uh, for our industry. And, and that would be a real loss, not just to the organization, but it would be a loss to the members who've invested so much here uh, with the organization. Good point. I think that ties it together very nicely as far as the why and particularly why someone listening that isn't familiar with this should see it as particularly important to AMP and hopefully to them as well. Anyway, with that, we'll bring this episode to a close. Thanks to everyone for listening and for Mandy May and Bob Chalker. Again, I'm Ben DuBose. Thanks to all of you guys for taking part. And if you want more information, you can visit the AMP website at ampp.org to find out about all sorts of initiatives going on with the association. And of course, you can also check out our publication websites for all sorts of news related to the industry at large, materialsperformance.com, codingsformag.com as well. Anyway, for Mandy and Bob, I'm Ben. Thanks for listening, and please come back soon for another new podcast from the Association for Materials Protection and Performance.